0: good morning everyone
1: it's time for michigan sports talk morning show broadcasting live all across the state of michigan and northwest ohio this is x's and bros how are you how are you good morning good morning good
2: morning good morning
1: good morning good morning good morning morning. it's a good morning wake up to a brand
2: new day hello Good morning, morning, Vietnam!
1: Here's your host, Anthony Bellino. (laughs)
3: Rise and shine, folks. Good Wednesday morning to you. It's hot Day. It's also the 14th day of February 24th, 2024, which means it's also Valentine's Day today. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Good luck out there, gentlemen. We wish you the best. Welcome back here. X's and Bro's, hour number two on the Michigan Sports Network. Text the keyword sports radio. Send that to 21000 Sports Radio to 21000. My your super center guest line, 866-838-4843. That's 866-838-4843. 866-838-HUGE. We're on Twitter at XP Mornings. Facebook X's and bros. And of course, good morning to our television audience as well on BCSN and streaming live on our YouTube page at Michigan Sports Network at a dot com to that to find our website. morning at gmail.com is our fan feedback email inbox. And you can find us all individually on Twitter. Ryan Elke is at Ryan L underscore key. Ben Glaze is at the Ben Glaze. And I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. All right, what's going on in the sports world? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines.
1: Big news. I have a little news flash. Let's check the headlines. Nah, it's real news for once. The biggest stories of the local, regional, and national news. This is huge news.
3: Super Tuesday was anything but super for our Michigan teams in action last night. The Wolverines were on the road against the 14th-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini got beat by 29 points 97 to 68 dear god down by 30 it's just just an absolute disaster absolute disaster without doug they can't generate enough offense they don't play good enough defense like things are things are real bad we'll get to that game coming up next uh the edmonton oilers pounded the detroit red wings last night eight to four and it was close it was close. More on this one coming up as well, but uh eight to four Ugh. and the L.A. Lakers, one twenty five, one eleven winners over the Detroit Pistons. But at least the Pistons started the core four. So that's a, that's a plus, right? That's a win. That's what we need. We need our coach to understand who he's got out there. Speaking of that Oilers Red Wings game. How about Connor McDavid, a career high six assists in the game? His second career six point game. Became the fifth Oiler player ever with multiple such contests, joining Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, and Glenn Anderson. Plus Paul Coffey and Edmonton, you know, the the two just go together. Just says hockey. His third assist of the night was a 600th of his career, making him the fourth fastest in NHL history to reach that number. He reached it in just 616 games. And that was on his third. And then he added three more after that. Only Gretzky with 416 in Mario Lemieux. 514, Bobby Orr and 608 were faster. That's pretty elite company uh, right there and then the fact that Connor McDavid uh still well on his way you have the you know the opportunity here for Alex Ovechkin over the next couple of years to break Gretzky's uh you know goal scoring record that's pretty impressive like there's there's a lot there's a lot at stake here. Free agent Phil Kessel is going to work out for the Vancouver Canucks that's what they need. Uh the Maple Leafs Morgan Riley has been suspended 5 games for the cross-check. Uh, for me, just make cross-checking illegal, all across the board. If you're if you have two hands on the stick and you go to check somebody with the stick, that should be an immediate penalty. If it's egregious, it's a suspension. Get the cross-check out of the game. Uh, I am tired of seeing a guy trying to do the, the the tough work in front of the net, the dirty work as they like to call it, and just getting chopped in his lower back. Uh, that's what a cross-check is when you have two hands on your stick and you literally. Move that stick away from your body in the direction of your opponent in a cross-checking fashion. That's like the definition of the pe- of the penalty. Call it every time. It'll stop. By the way, six-point games. McDavid has two now. Wayne Gretzky had twenty-two of those, Whew. including three seven-assist games. So, and and I'm glad that Morgan Riley's getting suspended. Probably could have been more. Uh, the Lions of Detroit have signed the. Lions of British Columbia's defensive lineman Matthew Betts to a reserve and futures contract yesterday. The 28-year-old was the CFL's most outstanding defensive player. Recorded a league-high 18 sacks in 18 games last year. Uh, The Eagles' Hassan Reddick said that he didn't ask for a trade, but he is ready for what's next. However, I do understand it's a business and preparing for whatever's next. So did you or did you not ask for the trade? I would like to get an extension uh, here at home, Reddick told Bleacher Report, on Tuesday, at no point did I ever tell the organization I want to be traded. So maybe it's just his his agent uh, kind of you know peeking around, sniffing around, seeing what's going on. Uh, the 49ers' Eric Armstead targeting training camp to return uh, from surgery. Uh, not good. He tore his meniscus in his right knee in the win against the Philadelphia Eagles. That happened on uh, December 3rd in Philadelphia. He finished the game and did not play again until January 20th when the Niners hosted the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. Speaking of the Niners, Kyle Shanahan asked his staff to review the overtime rules uh, with the players, so ask your staff, uh, you know, look, I told the staff to sit down with the guys, okay? Like, what? We told everybody, we were waiting for the coin toss to review everyone to make sure they knew before they go out, so we asked uh, position coaches to do that, but I didn't cover it in a team meeting on Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Okay. All right, sure. Uh, the UFL, or the United Football League, which is the merger of the USFL and the XFL. I, look, I got, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it works. I don't think it works because I don't think that there's local ownership. Uh, that's why. Uh, you need to have somebody that is in the city in which this team is playing, that is connected to the communities in which they are playing, uh, not only from a, a ticket and a PR and a marketing standpoint, but just so that there is an attachment just having a team and calling it the michigan panthers is slapping a logo on it and being like oh you're going to play your games at ford field like that's cool and all but where are you practicing at like where are your players at like what what can we do i don't think this works and i don't think it'll ever work until there's some sort of affiliate agreement and what i would do with the xfl and the ufl uh, is what they used to do the usfl and now the ufl combines we're just going to call it ufl from here on out so you know what it is the usfl's merger with the xfl what I would do is I would do exactly what they used to do in minor league hockey back in the day when I first started. You would have teams that would have multiple affiliates. So, like, for instance, in Toledo, uh, they, they had an affiliation with the not only the Chicago Blackhawks, but the Detroit Red Wings as well. And until they got enough teams in the league, that's when uh, the teams went the one affiliate direction. So with this UFL, what I would do is I would have affiliates to the National Football League team, I would allow NFL practice squad guys to be able to go play if that is deemed necessary or desired, right? I would I would work it in to make it more of a farm system, more of a minor league so that there is some attachment uh, to a pro franchise because that's where the fans are at. The fans are the fans are there. The fans are there for football. I don't think it works on the schedule or the calendar. I think that we know once the Super Bowl over, football season is done and we move on to um, you know, college basketball, and then into March Madness, we move into uh, the NBA and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we move into the Masters and in the golf. Like there's just other things on our docket. It's good to have an off season. It's good to have a little reprieve. Uh, this is where I think that this league just kind of it just it just misses out. You know, it's it was a very long college football and very long pro football season, uh, the longest one in Lions history, right? And so you start to think about. You know, just taking a break. And that, that's what's kind of fun about it because there's such a limited number of games and we have to wait for it. Like, that's what makes it good. You can't just give it to us year round. We start to devalue it. Uh, a record $185.6 million has been bet on the Super Bowl with Nevada sports books. So, that's how much was there in Nevada. I want to know what was going on nationwide. I think that number is huge. The longest Super Bowl game will also go down as the most watched program in television history. Adobe Analytics, along with Nielsen, went in and they came out with a new number. Um, they said Sunday averaged 123.7 million viewers across television and streaming platforms. Uh, Nielsen updated its number from Tuesday, saying the early figure was 123.4. So we're going to call it 123.7 on average, 202.4 million Uh, in total is where it peaked at. Shaquille O'Neal's number 32 was the first jersey to be retired by the Magic. He also has his number retired for three different franchises. So that's pretty special. Uh, Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu are talking about the impact of the three-point contest. Steph thinks it just shines a light on WNBA hoops. They're going to play against each other uh, and and shoot it out during All-Star weekend, so that's cool. Uh, The Suns' Bradley Beal injured his hamstring against the Kings. He will not play uh, tonight. Hornets' Miles Bridges got his three criminal counts dismissed, uh, so that's a positive and former NBA player Bryn Forbes has been arrested on family domestic or family violence charges in San Antonio. What that is, it's probably just domestic violence, but they call it family violence there. We'll step aside when we return. Michigan hoops with a disappointing show in Illinois. We'll talk about it next year on the Michigan Sports Network.
0: Valentine's deals you'll love with One Stop at Meyer. From flowers to sweets, it's all in one place. Get a rose bouquet for 18 dollars Choose a Valentine's Day card for someone special. Then get your favorite wine, candy, and chocolate. Or you can build your own bouquet. Pick the flowers, trim, arrange them, and enjoy. And don't forget to shop other quality products and deals across the store. There are so many ways to save this Valentine's Day when you make just one stop at Meijer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app.
1: In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. You're listening to Michigan Statewide Morning Show, X's and Bros, right here on the Michigan Sports Network.
3: Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Ben Glaze, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino, all joining you. Thank you for joining us. No matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening, all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio and worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. An absolute pleasure to be with you uh, every weekday morning here on X's and Bro's. So, wings and Pistons both play defense like they were playing with strangers. That came from Nate on YouTube. I want to know what shift Nate works. That's that. It's hard enough for me to stay up and do this. I can't even imagine. Uh, you know, Nate must be Nate must be one of those overnight uh, kind of guys, uh, right there. All right, so last night was an absolute disaster. Super Tuesday, not so super, and it all started the early game, where the Michigan Wolverines on the road taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini, a team that was down forty-seven to twenty-nine at the half, got beat in the second frame, fifty to thirty-nine. Final score ninety-seven to sixty-eight. Um, this is a team, I mean, they were 1 of 10 from 3. The lone 3-pointer coming from Will Cheddar, who played 16 minutes, probably needs to play more. They struggled defensively to get stops. Terrence Shannon Jr. had an absolute field day. He was 11 of 15 from the floor, 5 of 8 from 3, scored 31 points, had 3 rebounds, 3 assists. And after the game, Jawan Howard was asked about Terrence Shannon Jr. Here he is.
2: You want I know you're you're familiar with Terrence Shannon. What what stood very out? Very familiar with Terrence Shannon. You're welcome. <laughs> Would you elaborate on that? And what stood out about him today? <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, uh, you know Terrence Shannon is a guy who I recruited, who committed to the University of Michigan, as you all are very aware of, and uh, you're welcome. he's played extremely well since he's been here, and I'm so proud of him. Um, You know, he's uh, started out the season uh, playing great basketball. uh, And then uh, when he took that break, uh, he came back. uh, It's like he hasn't lost a step, and that's so hard to do. Uh, Sitting out for the time that he did and uh, to hit the ground running like uh, he had missed. And I commend their their staff for uh, being able to support him um, throughout this process. But, you know, it's not easy for a young man what he's he's been through. I mean, I'm sure what the young lady has been through is not easy on both sides. But um, you know, I, I wish the Terrence State stay you know, stay healthy and uh, finish finish up this year. So I think he has a lot of basketball ahead of him. That's
3: you know, if you know the story, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., there were some questions there as far as um, the admissions process, and he was going to try to come over from Texas Tech. Uh, that didn't work out. The players were pretty uh, upset about it uh, from that uh, from that standpoint. And you know, it just it is what it is. He ends up at Illinois. Uh, that's where he uh, ends up going. He's having a good career, and I thought that you know Jawan's comments. You know, interesting last night. It's a delicate question, right? Because, you know, he wants to he he wants to be supportive. But obviously, the allegations against Terrence Shannon Jr. are serious. So he goes, you know, both, you know, on both sides. It's tough. Like, I get it. Um, You know, you want to be able to speak freely, but you know that you can't. Uh, So for for Juwan to look at that kid that he knows he could have had potentially. And for that guy to go off for 31 against his team. That's pretty rough uh, but it's it's the same story for Michigan I mean they got out rebounded they lost the turnover battle uh, they they just really struggled this year really struggled this year and this is the this is the point with Michigan to where you know is that national championship hangover is that coming to coming to a close you know is that is that you know what's what's happening here uh for a team that is three eleven, three and three and eleven in conference play, at the bottom of the standings, it's you know there there's not going to be a berth to the NCAA tournament unless they win uh, the conference tournament. There is not going to be a look at the NIT. They're not going to play in those other tournaments. Uh, so this this will be it. And then, as I was talking to one college staffer over the weekend, he was talking about you know you got to recruit and retain. And that's, you know, the retained part is something that college coaches really hadn't had to worry about too much until this open season transfer rule where anybody can transfer at any time, uh, however many times that they want. Like, it's it's just, it's ridiculous. And when you, when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, Terrence Williams will more than likely be gone. You're going to lose Olivier Kamwa. You're going to lose Jalen Llewellyn. You're going to lose Namari Burnett. Uh, as As graduates that have come here to play, I think they 're out of eligibility. I think what are you going to be left with? you know if will Cheddar starts to teeter you know i don 't know i haven 't talked to will uh, i don 't know what the what the feeling is, but I 'm just saying like if will terrace Reed jr or Doug McDaniel start to you know teeter at all on what direction they want to going i mean it, which which direction they want to go, uh, this program is not going to go anywhere. Uh, they're going to be in in serious serious trouble. And I I'm, you know, in case of emergency, you know, break glass, hit the red button. That that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, honestly, that's kind of where I'm at. It is a uh, like this is this is a bad situation to be in because we all thought that Jawan Howard uh, was going to be able to bring in that top level recruit that that was the big thing. Okay, Jawan Howard's here, Carry over from what Beeline had built, and you just you you bring in. You bring in the the superstar athlete, the five star guy, bring bring the excitement back, but also you know carry on what Beeline built, right? And and you know John Beeline was able to do it with three and four star guys that other teams overlooked. Um, you know he built the culture, he built the team uh, his way, and I just don't know if that is what is taking place here in Ann Arbor. You know, and I don't know how you like what the sales pitch is, and I don't even know who comes back next year from a staff standpoint. You know, honestly, we're going to talk about this uh, next with you know Chip Kelly and, and his move to Ohio State. But is there a you know still a desire? You know, Jets gone, J- you know, Jace will be gone. Like, is there still a desire to be the head basketball coach at Michigan? That's a really good question. You know, guys like Phil Martelli and Saudi Washington and Howard Isley. Like there's they're they're way too good of coaches and there's way too much experience there uh for for these guys not to be able to execute what they want to do on a day to day basis. Right. To me, it's uh you know, it's a personnel issue. And it's sad because of where this team has been. Really? I mean, you think about you know, going back to, uh, to Trey Burke, to Jordan Poole, Isaiah Livers, uh, the Wagner brothers, like, the, like there was so much. hit Duncan Robinson, America runs on Duncan, right? I mean, you look at the way that those teams were built, you know, Charles Matthews coming over and, and adding something to this to this squad. Guys like John Teske, Xavier Simpson, Eli Brooks, you know, even into the, uh, the Kobe Buffkins of the world. You know, there was um, and then at times where we have gotten some of that top tier talent, uh, they haven't necessarily produced at the same level that we thought that they were going to. And then they were in and out one and done. And that's that that that's a tough go. If you're trying to recruit guys that are going to be one and done, that's a really tough sell to the guys that are supposed to be the, the skeletal backbone of your club. Right. Because they know. That okay, we're good enough to be here, but we're just not good enough to play because every year a new guy comes in and leaves for the NBA. Like that that's a bad message to send in itself. That doesn't work. And so you have to find this happy medium where you know you're you're getting guys to commit to your program for more two years or more, right? That are gonna be in there. They're gonna help establish the culture of what this is why culture is so important. Right? And you know They're going to help establish it. You're going to have some four-year guys. You may every once in a while have a guy that's in and out, like a one-and-done uh, type of player, but that's got to fit the mold with what the guys you already have. Like the, You have to be able to recruit guys that are good, that are also, you know, you can't sacrifice what they're going to do to the locker room purely based on talent. That's one thing Brad Holmes doesn't do, and that's one thing the college coaches can't do either. We'll step aside when we return more on the college coaching realm. Chip Kelly decided to go to OSU. Let's talk about that next here. X's and Bro's Michigan Sports Network.
1: There's a new player in town. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking about Eagle Casino and Sports, the real money mobile casino. It's so easy to play. You can go from wager to winner to wallet, just like that. Sign up now and we'll match your deposit up to fifteen hundred dollars, or you can get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be twenty-one or older in Michigan to play.
2: enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Ultralight Beer St. Louis, Missouri.
0: The Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddithepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's f-r-e-d-i thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference.
1: Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. in text us using the keyword sports radio and send it to 21000 now back to X's and bros with anthony bellino here on the michigan sports network
3: welcome back here to X's and bros michigan sports network great to have you ride along with us no matter who you are where you are how you may be listening you know one of the one of the thoughts that i had after last night's pistons game um You know but and i i made mention of this by talking about just the the sheer number of guys um that that he had played last night like there's i I don't know you got to tighten up the rotation because it's a chemistry thing so if you get into foul foul trouble that's fine but you have rotational guys and you have reserve guys and monty williams needs to figure out who's going to be a rotational guy who's going to play and in what kind of role are they going to play and then uh, from there who are going to be the reserves that get called up in and slid into the rotation when something happens to a starter and a rotational guy becomes a starter you know that that's that's the basic principle of how this is supposed to function and we just don't do uh we don't do a good job of that and to me it's really really surprising all right I wanted to get into this uh this chip Kelly story uh because it's it's interesting to me that A head coach would leave a situation in which they are a power five head coach. And in the same conference now, in the same conference, you have a coach that has left their position to take a coordinator position at another school. Like this to me, and and I, I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talk about this, but I think that this is, this is shining and we know that Chip Kelly isn't the biggest on recruiting, right? He's not really he, you know, he wants to coach football and it's it's so extremely rare to see a power five head coach in the same conference make and, and it is a jump up, like let's not let's not, you know, sugarcoat this at all. Like Ohio State is a better football program has been a better football program and will always be a better football program than UCLA. Like, that is just, that. that's the way Ohio State football is life here. It's different, uh, it's different out there, right? Midwesterners, this is what we live on. Out West, who knows what they're up to. Uh, but he took the Ohio State job. Boston College hired Bill O'Brien to be their head coach, supposedly closing the door a little bit on the coaching carousel. And allegedly, John Canzano, a former Oregon, Oregonian columnist who now hosts a radio show in Oregon wrote a piece about Kelly's departure and he said, quote, NIL defeats weather. Interesting. Now, it does get cold in Columbus, of course, but the Buckeyes and the foundation OSU's official collective raised a million dollars for NIL efforts last month. What I don't understand, and this is a twofold problem one of which is, so Chip Kelly decides to you know, coach to Ohio State head coach Ryan Day when Day was the quarterback in New Hampshire and Kelly was the, the team's offensive coordinator. Later, Day served as the tight ends coach in New Hampshire. It served on the same staff as Chip Kelly. So, yo, know, Chip Kelly's a guy who went to a BCS national championship game with the Oregon Ducks back in 2011. They lost to Auburn. Uh, and really, that was the high point of his career. Took the job in the NFL with the Eagles. Four seasons in the NFL: three with Philly, one with San Fran. He went twenty-eight and thirty-five. Eagles got the divisional title. He was going to revolutionize uh, all of offense. No one was going to be able to keep up with him. That just doesn't work at the professional level. Like they don't—they don't play like that. Like you know, in college, you can go no huddle, run up and down the field, do whatever you want. It's a little bit different in the professional ranks. Like you—you you can't. That's not sustainable. It's just simply not sustainable. So after the NFL, he goes back to college, takes the head job at UCLA. He was 35 and 24 in six years before taking this Ohio State job. And so he leaves the position of head coach to become a coordinator. Boston College's coach left a head coaching position in Boston College to get out of college football. Nick Saban left college football, but is going to maintain a presence in the world of college football joining college game day. I have no problem with that at all. I mean, when you think about it, like he's going to be watching the games anyways. He's going to see things a little bit differently than most people are going to see things. And at this point of his career, at I think he's what, 72 years old? Yeah, you know, I, I get it. I understand. Could he have coached longer? Maybe. Was the time up? Eh, it might have been. But were there outside factors playing a role that we're helping him make his decision, not pushing him out the door, but makes it a little bit easier, right? It's always a little bit easier to leave a job when you don't like it, and whatever that whatever that reason might be, whether it's a management question, whether it's an hours, whatever the whatever the case may be, it's always easier to leave the job when you're just not happy there. I get it, I understand it, but. Nick Saban had everything he wanted in Alabama. In fact, he got Alabama to switch their their calendar around so that it would work out better for the football players getting them on campus and when they were going to start classes and things of that nature. Like Nick Saban was a god in Alabama. Immortalized forever with the statue. Like one of uh probably the best college coach of all time. Now, NIL has become a thing and we don't have the proof Because, you know, who's going to spend the time to investigate a team that was, you know, seemingly bringing in pro after pro after pro after pro. We make the jokes about the Dodge Chargers, but there's no legitimate proof that anything illegal was happening there. Right. No one's ever investigated. They didn't spend a quarter of the They didn't spend a tenth of the time that they spent on, you know, the sign stealing allegations against Michigan on Alabama's roster formation. They didn't do any any of that. There was none of that. They did not they literally did not care. Oh. And like I said, there's no evidence to really prove whether or not there was anything illegal going on in terms of pay for play at Alabama. I have a hunch, but a hunch isn't good enough. You need hard evidence or it doesn't matter. Hearsay does not matter and does not stand. We need to have receipts, we need to have Cash payment. Like we need to have something on paper, documentation that says, yeah, no, this player bought this vehicle for this amount of money. Where did that money come from? Right? That that's what we need to that's what we need to find. So the Dodge Charger thing is a joke, but at the same time, like, you know, we we have no way to prove it. So innocent until proven guilty. And then NIL becomes legal, and I find it somewhat coincidental that this year. In the college football playoff, we had a pretty interesting mix of teams. We had Texas. Hook them. Right? So close. Washington. They'll be gone forever. Uh, Maybe not, but at least gone for a little while now that DeBoer is in Alabama. Okay. Michigan. All right. And Alabama gets in over the undefeated conference champion, Florida State, because Florida State's quarterback got injured. Which to this day, I still think now Florida state was not going to win that game, nor would it have been as satisfying because when Alabama gets in and gets in over Florida state, Right, My my gripe for Florida State was you would just have a committee of folks making stuff up and doing whatever they want and putting together the matchup that, that they want. And if that was the case, we could just go to Las Vegas and tell us, hey, who do you think are the best four teams that have the odds to win the national championship this year? And we wouldn't even have to play. It goes back to the old Mike Leach, rest in peace, his old press conference about this. And if Michigan plays Florida State in the Rose Bowl and beats Florida State, I'll never hear the end of it, that it's not a real national championship. I'll hear it from Buckeye fans. I'll hear it from Spartan fans. I'll hear it from all directions. Like it's going to change the the, the fact that they won the final trophy. Like it doesn't. It does not. The idea here, or what I find is very interesting that coincides, is that NIL... Now it's legal, pay for play, because that's what it is. It's not name, image, and likeness. A few players it might be, but a majority of it is no. They want to know what the NIL deal is. Players come in asking, what is the NIL, like, what do I get? I was getting 100000 here. You, know, you have a third string running back. What is it? Maryland, Rutgers, somewhere out there on the East Coast, where a running backs coach was talking about a third stringer wanting $100,000. Bye. Third string. You've got to get on the field first, young fella. Secondly, you've got to earn it. Like, what are you doing? So every kid comes to the head coach and said, what, what about this NIL money? Well, what are you doing for that? What are you doing for your name, your image, and your likeness that makes you marketable that somebody would want to pay you to do anything anywhere? Blake Corum went to a mall and basically sold that thing out. Blake Corum the, you know, is handing out turkeys after the Ohio State game. Like, Blake Corum is smart. He's out and about. He has his name and his likeness and his image all over the place. That makes sense. What I see with Chip Kelly is basically, hey, offensive coordinator, we've got our recruiting coordinators, we've got all those people, I just want to coach football. And with a a new deal, a record-breaking new deal that we're going to get to coming up in hour number three, Tell you the details of this thing. It is a massive amount of money. There is no reason not to level the playing field and put everybody on the salary cap. There's no reason not to do. It makes too much sense to do this right now. Let's do this right now, so that the haves and the have-nots can at least get a little bit level. Facilities will never be the same, but where like the the collective or whatever they call it, the money raising fund at Ohio State raised a million dollars in a month. How many legitimate Power Five schools can raise one million dollars in one month? Like, how much money is going to be enough money? How often can you continuously go back to the well to the donor? Let's get to Dave in Hudsonville's on the line. Dave, good morning to you, my friend. How are you, partner?
4: Hey, good morning, AB. Hey, listen, man that that horse is out of the barn, and uh, there, there's no one that's going to be able to put a cap on that until probably a new organization other than the NCAA and a new administrator for that organization starts to realize that. Because the same thing you're looking at with Chip Kelly at Ohio State is the same reason that Michigan's able to go get Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator. You know, he he left the Giants because they wanted him to fire two of his assistants that he brought with him and people that he's known for a long time. So he's kind of a free agent. But the money that they're paying assistants now is crazy so if you look at what michigan's paying wink martindale it's not probably far behind kelly you know in that regard and i'll tell
3: you this yeah but wink's like, leaving the nfl under those circumstances chip kelly's leaving a head coaching position to go to another school in the same conference to take a lesser position like to me to yeah, me when I, I saw that i'm, I'm like mean, chip kelly's done with the recruiting he's done with the nil this guy just wants to coach ball and he's sick of this crap
4: yeah and 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 you know, and that, that's okay, Anthony, because at some point, Chip Kelly certainly doesn't need the money based on his career. He's got millions in the bank. You know what I mean? And the second thing is, at some point, you realize, what am I chasing anymore, and what do I want to do to make myself happy? You know, why does, why does Wink Martindale want to leave the pinnacle of college or pinnacle of football that Jim Harbaugh just went to in order to go to college? because he, he couldn't get what he wanted in the organization he wanted. So I'll go back over here and do this for a while until I decide that somebody wants me back in the NFL. It, it's becoming musical chairs now. So Chip Kelly's paid his dues, you know, as a, as a head coach. He's just deciding now. And he's, he's got a longstanding relationship. I think one of the most important things is he's got a longstanding relationship with Ryan Day. That's another thing, too. I mean, hey, Traverse City has a lineman, a three-star lineman that was going to Michigan State. And Brett Bielema just got him for $600,000 in the NIL. So that, that gives yep. me an idea, you know, of, of, of what's going on out there now. I mean, it's, it is it is professional football, and these guys are, you know, demanding money and, and going through and getting money. And, and a lot of – I mean, you're, you're talking about now a lineman who's not going to play right away because you have to redshirt lineman. You have to grow Lyman lineman or whatever. But look at the investments; It's just crazy. So I think you're seeing more and more of that across the board with guys that can say, I don't have to stay in the NFL if I can get paid like that over here. I don't have to take this deal with these headaches. If I can just go back over here, make, make money that makes me really happy and still in, enjoy and coach positions again, You know, it, it comes down to what you want to do in life. It's like you talked last week about the store and what you want to do for your future. And it's like it's not that you don't love it, but is that what you want to do for your future? Is that what you want to take on? Fair question, man.
3: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a and as a diehard uh, I would I would say you're a diehard college sports fan. I think that's fair. Is that fair? Would you would you say oh, that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as a as a diehard does the current landscape then Dave in Hudsonville, does the current landscape of college athletics turn you off to the sport?
4: Well, it's you know, they overcorrected. You know, I I, w- I was more along the lines of pay athletes but give them some compensation, but also pay them by progress towards degree. Because they should leave, every athlete that goes to Division One should at least leave with an associate's degree and have something in their future. Because less than 1% go on to play professional sports. And that just doesn't happen. It becomes a factory. And, you know, even when I played, you know, you don't let the game use you, use the game. Too many guys and girls let the game use them, and then they leave with nothing. And especially when you talk about college football and college basketball. You know, that that dream is not fulfilled for most of them. So I, I just think that there's a responsibility by those institutions to say, we are going to get you some sort of a marketable degree that when you're with us, you can leave us and go get a job and be contributors to society instead of talking about what you used to be or dealing with the injuries. And the same thing with medical. They should get medical and a degree, some sort of medical for any injuries that go on. But I think that I just think the overcorrection and and it took off. And college football coaches were getting it. Well, then it just became apparent that and college athletes were getting it. You know, and and some were always getting it based on the cheating that goes on. But the the NCAA lost control as well as anybody else when they let it just take off and anybody got whatever they wanted to.
1: Yeah,
3: they folded their tents. They re- they really did. Instead of trying to come up with a solution, they just kind of wiped their hands up and said, "Please don't sue us." In that. That, to me, didn't yeah. make any, any sense at all. And we are trying to now operate and function in a landscape without leadership. Um, and and, that, and right that's, that's impossible you're, to yeah.
4: do. No, you're, you're exactly right. A cap makes sense. But, boy, it takes a lot of organization and a lot of other things in order to create the cap. But with what the courts have ruled, name, image, and likeness, I mean, hey, it's, it's down in high school now. So at the end of the day, now it's, it's, it's going the other way. It's not going the direction you're suggesting that that gate's becoming open wider. You know, and that's, a, and that's right a
3: mess down. all in itself. That is a mess because when this thing first came, it went, went public, right? Uh, I worked for a, a cable company that covers high school sports. And my question was simply like, who signs that deal? How much money is available? And what do they get for being on the broadcast? Cause that's going to be the next question, right? Because we're opening the floodgates. Yep. We're getting away from what the purpose of all of this is. And now it is all transactional. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that theory at all. Like I really I really don't. I, I would I would have been fine if they would have kept them amateur athletes and you would have gotten a four year degree and came out of college debt free with your stipend check and your room and board and your books and all your clothes and all the perks of being an athlete that you can't put a monetary value on. I'd have been fine with that. I'm a real traditionalist, so what it comes down to okay. if you're good enough, you make it to the pros. Uh, but now there is so much money involved, you can't get away from that number. And that number that we're going to tell you about in or three, Dave, is going to make your head spin, what they're going to pay for college football.
4: Hey, and Anthony, the last thing, these guys, if they didn't go to a college like Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State, they're not going to have people go pay to watch them play in the G League or in the XFL. Mm-hmm. So they make money because there's a loyal following to the institutions. Yes, These people are willing to pay – because they are Michigan fans, Michigan State fans, Ohio State fans, not because they want to go see this player. So they can't get confused and think it's them. Yes, they're wearing the uniform and they're bringing some value, but it's overinflated because oh, they're yeah. not getting that. You're not seeing people set off the other side. So, exactly.
3: Exactly. So We're right, bro, loyal to the brand. Day. All right, Dave, have a great have a great Wednesday. We'll be back with more Hour number 3 X's and Bros. coming to you next year on the Michigan Sports Network.
1: TV. That's MHSAA.tv. 24 7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan, log on to MHSAA.com. Leonard Skinner, CC Time. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino, the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. I'm Leonard Skinner and CC Time. And start at thirty-eight dollars, and are on sale now at the box office and etix.com. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series, Leonard Skinner and C.C. Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at roastumber.com